today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Headline caught my eye this morning when I uh, came into the radio station. Uh, spectator kicked out of an open courtroom. Uh, a reporter from the Hamilton Spectator, who we're going to talk to in just a second here, was kicked out of an open courtroom. Now, the story has been gaining traction. Uh, I read it, and I was, was shocked, and I said, i got to talk to Susan about this. But uh, then I saw this go crazy on Twitter, uh, the reaction to the story, and uh, uh, an awful lot of people's reaction. Uh, I'd say about 99% supportive of Susan uh, in this circumstance. Susan Claremont, of course, is the award-winning uh, columnist with the Hamilton Spectator. She joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to give us uh, the background on exactly what happened. Susan, thanks so much for the time. It's great to have you with us again today. Hey, Bill. Good morning. This is maybe to set the scene for this. Let's talk a little bit about why you were there in the first place. This is a, a trial that you have been following for some time, right? It, it's sort of a, um, a sidebar to a trial. Yeah, I've been yeah. Following. So uh, for almost a year now, I've been covering a very bizarre, complicated domestic violence case in criminal court in which um, a woman, the alleged victim, says that she was tortured and abused by her husband and his family. And the family says that um, this woman was severely mentally ill and all of the injuries that she suffered, and and there were injuries, um, she caused to herself. And that she is now blaming them for this in an effort to uh, regain custody of her child. So that's the criminal court case that I've been following since last September. And there is also a family court case going on involving all of the same players. And uh, that leads us to the family courtroom yesterday from which I got turfed. And and let's talk about those circumstances. Uh, You you show up at this family court hearing yesterday, and and as you made uh, very clear in the article, uh, there's no publication ban on this, right? There is not. We we all know about that. I mean, we've talked about some of the trials that you've covered in the past where judges have said, look, there's a publication ban on evidence, et cetera, Latin. And and we understand that, you know, that's that's the ruling of the court, and we get that. And and you've complied with that, as others, of course, that have carried these. But that was not in play here, was it? It it wasn't. There is no publication ban on uh, the family court trial, nor is there on the criminal court trial. No publication bans, period. So... What's explain to us about the sealed uh, information that was in, involved in this? Because that seemed to be one of the the, the contentious points that, uh, that that I I well I'm gonna I'm not even gonna try to understand exactly where the judge was going when they, when they, she made the ruling that she did. But but talk to us about this because you'd made a request for that information, had you not? Right. So way back in uh, um, last year, when I first started covering this case, I. Um, I made sure that all of the people involved with the case knew that I was writing a story, and it was a a big, long story that was published, I think, in December in The Spectator, and that was the first one I wrote on the case. And as a courtesy, I let all the the lawyers know that this this, um, story was coming. And right around that same time, the judge at the family court case um, placed a sealing order on the family court matter. At that point, I hadn't even gone to family court. I hadn't looked into the family court part of this or anything. So um, the timing is is interesting. Um, Maybe just if I could just stop you there and maybe explain to our listeners the difference between a a publication ban and a sealed uh, order. 
So a sealing order means that any of the documents related to the family court case are sealed and not accessible to the public the way they usually are. Um, so what makes this sealing order very unusual, though, is that the sealing order itself is part of the sealing order. So what that means is the actual order that explains what I can and can't have access to and why and who ordered it is not accessible to me. That's part of the sealing order. And that's not the way things are supposed to work. Um, The sealing order itself is supposed to be public information. And the other thing is, Bill, that when um, in, in Superior Court, which is what family court is, in Superior Court, when um, when a sealing order is to be made or a publication ban is to be made or any kind of an order that would restrict public access to um, to a proceeding is going to be made or going to be requested even, a notice has to be made publicly so that um, members of the public, members of the media um, can... Uh, represent themselves there and argue against it if if they wish. And you've been and involved in those in the past. We have many times, and, and that's the law. That's a Supreme Court of Canada decision that makes that mandatory. Nothing like that happened in this case. Um, a sealing order was made. The sealing order itself was made secret, and nobody was ever told about it. I only learned about it after the fact, when I made a request for some documents. Uh, That's a bizarre circumstance, really. I mean, as I say, this is not the first time that you'd sought this information out, and and essentially you were told that, well, it's it's involved in a sealing order. You weren't told that there was a hearing about this. I guess there wasn't one. I don't know. There wasn't one. Uh, All right. And and then when you asked for the explanation for it, they said, well, that's sealed too. (laughs) Right. It's it's really a bizarre circumstance. It is bizarre, and so one of the things that I that the court refused to tell me because they claimed it was part of the sealed information was something as simple as, when is the next court date for the family court matter? Nobody would tell me that. I had been told that that, that was sealed. So I had no way of knowing, you know, where to show up in court to even speak to a judge to request um you know, that the sealing order be reconsidered or or try to make any headway with this. So as it turns out, last week I was sitting in the criminal court uh, part of this case when a discussion began in open court between Justice Andrew Goodman, who's the criminal court judge, and various lawyers about the fact that one of the accused was needed in uh, family court at the same time that he was supposed to be in criminal court. So he was basically double booked. And they were trying to figure out the scheduling around that. But what I learned was, oh, there's a, the family court matter is happening at 10 o'clock on Tuesday morning. Well, finally, I know where it is and when it is. So I'm going to go and see what happens. Now, we uh, you pointed this out in the piece, but I just want to remind our listeners about this, too. That uh, th- this is an open session. I mean, you know, you, you, I can go to the courtroom this afternoon if I want and sit down and at whatever trial is is going on. Family, uh, it's open to the public unless there's some legitimate reason. And uh, do the justices have to give a reason for that if if they are going to put restrictions on it? Well, uh, because the well, one I've usually heard is well, it might prejudice somebody uh, or the jury or somebody else in situations like that. But there doesn't seem to be any indication that that was at play here. Right. So. Um 
you're right. I mean, in 99% of the cases, court is open to the public. Anybody, anybody can go and sit in on, on a trial and watch justice happen. And, and the justice system itself, there have been many Supreme Court rulings about, um, the, you know, the public's right to be in a courtroom and to witness um, justice taking place. So only in very, very rare and specific circumstances can a courtroom be closed. Uh, even when there's a publication ban in place, and this, as you said, this happens frequently with trials, particularly um, uh, the kinds of trials that I cover, Bill. And even if there's a publication ban in place, it doesn't mean that I can't be in the courtroom. It just, And it doesn't even mean I can't take notes. I sit there, I take notes. I just can't publish anything um, that's covered by a publication ban. So um, there can also be orders excluding witnesses, and that is the case in this particular family court matter. But I'm not a witness. I, I'm, I have nothing to do with the actual trial. I'm just a member of the public sitting in and observing. So as far as I was concerned, and as far as I can still see, there is no reason for me uh, not to be in that that courtroom. Okay, so the justice in this particular case addressed you. You're sitting there as, as a as a reporter in this courtroom, uh, and she singled you out essentially. Talk, talk to us about that. What happened there? Yeah, I was actually the only person in the courtroom in the in the body of the well, court. Well, that there narrows was it nobody down. Nobody else there. Um, so it, there was quite a kerfuffle when I walked into the courtroom. Court hadn't started yet. I walked in. I sat down. And that was it. I didn't have a notebook out. I was just I was just sitting there. And um, a lawyer who I think realized who I was uh, came and, and spoke to me, wanted to know who I was. Um, I could hear all the court staff talking about me. That's Susan Claremont from the Hamilton Spectator. Uh, you know, it wasn't like I was trying to hide who I was. I'm in court all the time. Um, and then when the judge came in, her very first order of business was to address me. And she started with saying, Susan Claremont, I know who you are. Uh, we've never met before, but I know who you are. And, and I'm still just kind of sitting there in the courtroom. I don't know what, where this is going. And, uh, and then, um, Justice Mary Jo McLaren, um, asked me to leave her courtroom. And it, uh, you know, I stood um, respectfully to address the judge and said, um, why would you like me to re leave the courtroom? Can you explain this to me, please? And I really never did get any kind of a of an explanation, although I asked numerous times. I asked her, um, I asked her under what authority was she asking me to leave? It, it's not, uh, you know, Bill, over the years, there have been occasions where judges have have asked me and other media to leave the courtroom. And we go through the same procedure every time. We stand and we say, you know, Your Honor, I'd like to stay in the courtroom. Can you please tell me why you're asking me to leave? And, and I've been doing this 25 years. And in every other case where this has happened, the judge has been able to explain to me why they're asking me to leave. I may not always agree with it, but they've been able to, you know, cite a section of the criminal code or explain to me somehow why they want me to leave. And then my next step is to say, could you please give me an opportunity to contact my lawyer so that we can decide if we want to make representation in front of you? Basically, 
give me a chance to to see if I if our lawyer is going to come and talk to you about this. And but that didn't that didn't case, happen yesterday though. It, it didn't happen. So you know, so this was unusual for a couple of reasons. This judge, um, for the first time in my career, uh, provided zero explanation as to why I, I she she was asking me to leave beyond the fact that. She said, it's my courtroom, and, and uh, I get to make the rules, basically, and I want you to leave. And when I asked if I could contact my lawyer, she said no, uh, that she wasn't going to waste court time on that. So I wasn't given that opportunity. And then, of course, the third thing, and maybe most dramatic thing that happened that has never happened before, was um, she called security to come and remove me from the courtroom. Uh, and, I, I mean, that has never happened before. It's probably never happened to um, most court reporters in this country. Well, and that's why this is such a, a, a weird set of, of, of circumstances that are going on here. i got to ask you, though, you mentioned that as, as soon as you sat down in the courtroom that one of the lawyers came in and, and, and addressed you. Were, were they concerned? Uh, were they showing some angst that you were even there? I think they were ticked off. I was there, but I don't know. We didn't. We didn't have a conversation. She um, uh, she didn't really introduce herself. She just wanted to know who I was, okay. and uh, I don't even know for certain what her role was in the proceedings because I wasn't there much longer. All right, so you, so you're out of there, uh, but you did talk to to the to the spec lawyers about this, and and, and talk to us about that because I'm on. Uh, some people are simply going to take the judge's explanation that it's her courtroom and she can do what she wants. But uh, the, the legal opinion that I saw that indicated that's not necessarily the case. They, that has to be weighed against uh, the right for people to know in free and open trials. Absolutely. So um, the spectator's lawyer, Brian Rogers, um, and I had uh, uh, many discussions yesterday about what was going on. And um, yes, a, a judge has control over her courtroom, but they cannot just arbitrarily and with no explanation remove someone from the courtroom. That power that they have is really <clears throat> bill only to be used when um, someone is disrupting the courtroom somehow. And I was sitting there quietly minding my own business until I was addressed and asked to, to leave the courtroom. So, um, you know, I can't imagine that I was disrupting the courtroom in any way um, by simply asking to, to stay in an open court. Where do you go from here? What, what are the next steps on here? I, I mean, obviously you're upset about this. As I mentioned, the, the, the Twitter uh, action that I saw on this, uh, overwhelmingly supportive. Uh, and and I, I saw tweets from all over North America this morning, Susan, and, yeah, and it had, yeah. had to be rather heartening to see that kind of support, uh, given the, the barrage that, uh, that media can sometimes be in these, these last couple of years especially. Uh, so that, that's there, but at the same time, I, I don't get the sense that you want to just let this go. Uh, well, I, I mean, I'm about to have a discussion, actually, with uh, Paul Burton, the editor-in-chief of the Hamilton Spectator, about and our lawyer, Brian Rogers, about what our next steps will be. Um, you know, there are some possibilities, uh, a judicial review being one of them, something that, frankly, I've never done before. I don't know how that process works. 
Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's asking for uh, um, a higher body to sort of review mm-hmm. the, the actions of the judge and see um, whether there was any wrongdoing. Um, so that's an option. But, you know, what I can say for sure is that I will continue to report on um, this case uh, from both the criminal court end and as well as I can on anything else that happens. Um, you know, I, I'm continuing to um, try to get a copy of that sealing order. Um, I will, I now know when the next court date is for family court. So uh, I'd like to be there for that. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, but, you know, it, it, this isn't going to prevent me from um, covering this case. Well, and, and in the absence of any explanation as to why you should have left in the first place, why wouldn't you show up the next time? I mean, you know, you're well within your rights to do that. I mean, as, as a private citizen and as a journalist, you're allowed to do that. And and I, I would think that there has to be onus on, on the judge in this particular case to explain uh, her actions in a situation like this. And clearly that's not forthcoming at this stage. But, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of loose ends here. But at the same time, you've got to do your job, and I think people understand that. This is not the first time you've wandered into a courtroom in Hamilton, Susan. People know who you are. They know why you're there, and your job is to report what's going on. And, uh, you know, for them to suggest, well, we don't want anybody from the media in here, that's, that's, it's well, it's suspicious, frankly, and and I think it casts some some aspersions on on the whole system. It it really does, and it's, you know, it's interesting, too, um, the irony of, of, you know, being kicked out of family court with security and and the whole works. And then within half an hour, I was back at the John Sapinka courthouse sitting in on the criminal part of this case in that trial with no problems whatsoever. Um, You know, they're free to do my job, free to listen, free to report, um, free to you know, watch justice unfold as it should be. So here we have, you know, literally within a a block or two of each other, two different courtrooms um, treating the public and the media in extremely different ways. Much more to come on this story, to be sure, over the next couple of days. Susan, thanks so much for the time. Always a pleasure. I appreciate you having me, Bill. Thank you. Take care. Susan Claremont, of course, award-winning columnist with the Hamilton Spectator with a rather bizarre day in court yesterday. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.